0: Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Graves in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 35 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today I'm really excited to be joined by Ben Rangington and Keith Lane from Two Gay Geeks webcast. How you guys doing today? Hello.
1: Hello, we're doing quite good. Thank you very well. much.
0: Thank you guys very much for for getting up early to uh, to record with me this morning. I know you guys were out late. I was out late, so we're a little groggy, but hopefully that will add to the uh, charmingness of this morning. Yes.
1: I take no responsibility for any gaffes or <laughs> any screw ups that I might make during the course of this show. <laughs>
0: Oh, very good. Um, before we get too far in, let's um, let's get to know you guys so that my audience knows who we're talking to. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourselves.
2: Oh dear, oh dear. Uh, uh, we we are the two gay geeks, and we are TG Geeks Webcast. Uh, so that's TGGeeks.com. com. It's T G two gay geeks. Got it? Get no, I don't no? get it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just. We came up with that. We've been uh, in business, shall we say, quote-unquote, for about two
1: years now. And uh, we're just less than a week shy of two years. Yeah.
0: Oh, happy anniversary. Thank you. And Yet
1: another anniversary we need to celebrate. Oh, now. my God. We're, yeah, add to the list.
2: <laughs> add that to the list of anniversaries, yes. But we did start uh, out as the uh, TG Geeks. It was uh, kind of born out of uh, the old slice of sci-fi. And we were part of that, uh, for a while. And then, uh, when that kind of shut down or, or morphed into something different, uh, because of various reasons, uh, we had nothing to do and Ben was really wanting something to, as a creative outlet. I,
0: yeah,
1: I needed to be able to, it's not so much that I wanted to have my voice be heard, but when you're, a, when you're really into, you know, popular culture, uh, a lot of the really fun geeky shows and movies that are out there, you want to talk about them, and sometimes social media just isn't enough. You actually want to be able to verbalize it and, and share that information with others and even engage in a discussion. So that's when we thought, well, well, at least Keith had the idea. You know, I could get this name. You know, he checked several domain names and thought, I, we could do this.
2: Yeah, 2 was was taken and is still taken, but I... I've surrounded them completely with two gay and the two gay geeks and the tg geeks. So that's what I kind of they have s- no room for expansion. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: so I'm
2: I'm I'm just waiting that for them to uh, hesitate on their renewal. I'm sure it's an auto renewal, but. Uh, as soon as they hesitate on their renewal, I, I'm going to sweep in and take twogaygeeks.com.
0: It's funny because uh, well, one of my previous guests was talking about how um, his domain name was .co because he couldn't afford the M. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he says, yes, they want me to pay $5,000 for the M, and uh, an M is not worth $5,000. <laughs> exactly.
2: You know, an interesting thing whenever we we started the show it was I was looking for something, and I thought two gay geeks, and that, that's what – came up with TG Geeks, and then we started looking for uh, a listener line on, on Skype. This is the best part. And I spent four hours looking for that phone number, 469-844-3357, four, four, three, three, which is 469-TG Geeks, and the area code, the 469... I looked at multiple area codes. I looked at multiple iterations of geeks and two geeks and this and that and the other and gay geeks and all this kind of thing. And I finally found 469 TG geeks. And that 469 area code is the Dallas Airport area code. It's only it, it's limited to the Dallas Airport, just that little area there. So <clears throat> At least I found it. So we've got 469 Geeks. And it's over. ours forever. It's <laughs> ours. <laughs>
0: People don't realize how, how the, the the stress that, that that we go under when we have to come and register a new domain name. Oh,
2: my God. It's, I know.
0: So you get the idea first, and you're like, please be available. Please be available. Exactly. All right. It's not now. How do I oh, fix Oh, crap. This? How
1: do we fix this now? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very stressful being a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It is it just is. from we, that we, alone. Special
2: business,
1: yeah, and we don't pay for it either. <laughs> yeah, we pay for our own stress. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, but it, it all comes from love. Exactly, <laughs> our, from
1: our love, love of show. pop culture. Yeah, and I keep telling myself that in the mirror every morning. Um.
0: So tell us what uh, uh what uh, T G Geeks covers. Like what what kind of things do you do there? Can we tuned in? What we, could we expect?
1: Uh anything, anything, quite weird, really we anything. We're, we're geeky about geeks. You know, at the, the catch line is, you name it, we talk about exactly. it. Exactly. And we have literally done that.
2: We've talked about everything under the sun. One time we talked about uh, single malt scotches.
1: Uh, nice. Sometimes we've talked about... We talk about things that just really excite us, and we're all over the board. So we might... Uh, there was times we did a whole thing on Disney Cruise Lines because we came back from a Disney Cruise vacation. So we did a whole thing on that. A uh, couple of weeks back, we... Actually, a little more than that. We talked about having seen uh, the finale for this season's Arizona Opera. Yeah. Uh, so we it could really be all over the board. I mean, you know, we'll talk about a little bit about anime. We'll talk about games. I mean, anything that sparks our interest, we will talk about it. And, and we're also open to
2: just about anything. If somebody sparks our uh Get, gives us a spark shall we say on something and it sounds oh wow that's something I've never thought about before you know I'm not a I'm not a big comic book person but I've, I've turned into a comic book person so over the years
1: yeah uh, some months back uh, of, of one of our uh, show friends who lives um, in uh, Norway I kind of turned us on Robotech yeah a little and right. that spawned, wow. oh, that spawned just like the world's yeah. biggest controversy yeah we we got some hate mail yeah on we that got one. some that, uh we got our first hate mail, you know, so I actually feel kind of um I, I feel we have arrived now.
0: yeah <laughs> right
1: but uh in in the process, we thought, well, you know maybe we need to watch this so that we know what we're talking about and we actually watched the first episode of Robotech and found it interesting, yeah, so uh we have we could be turned on to something that we thought, oh, we've never really gone down this alley before. Yeah, happens yeah. a lot to us now.
2: Yeah, we did uh, our, our kind of our niche that we've kind of fallen into as supporting independent creators recently was spawned by last year's Phoenix Comic Con and a horror short that I really loved and I wrote a review on and we talked to the director and all of this kind of stuff who introduced us to Miguel Rodriguez at Horrible Imaginings Film Festival in San Diego because we weren't real big horror fans in the sense of horror, what it's come to be and gore, shall we say. Mm -hmm. And he kind of changed our minds about what horror is and we attended the film festival. And it's like, oh my God, that was the most incredible thing we'd we'd ever done. And we talked to independent filmmakers there and that kind of started our trek down that independent creators um, path shall we say that we're following right now
0: that's awesome yeah i I'm the since i've jumped onto your your show uh you've had some just wonderful guests and uh i i really appreciate how you both do an inter- like i'm most i'm pretty much just an interview cast, um, but you have the interview portion and then you have your news and everything else so it's it's very fun to to a, get to listen to these very interesting, fun guests um, that you you do such good um, interviews with, oh, and, right and then yeah, and then to turn around and have your kind of take on news—it's uh, just—it's a very very pleasant thing to listen to. Well, yeah.
1: I, thank you, I, I yeah. appreciate that.
2: And our, you know, we we kind of came up with that whole thing that. It, it was spawned
1: out of the, our Slice of Sci-Fi days yeah, of, of it, it putting really some structure is, together. It because, really is the old Slice model uh, yeah. where we would t- have a news segment and then have an interview segment. But uh, it, it was it, this was an evolution. Yep. Clearly, it I mean, if, if anybody who listens to our first episode, and I pray you don't. Oh, Lord. Hideous, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, It was heavily scripted. I mean, literally, oh, yeah. uh, the news items I wrote out. Yeah. And I read them. And and we've met, thank God we've managed to actually move away from that to where we now have I was like okay we have this subject and if there's an interesting news fact on it I might have an article up but no it's it's more fun to actually turn it into just a conversation yeah you know because then you kind of get that that personal taste. Uh, you know how how do I feel about this particular movie that might be coming out, or what Zack Snyder has done to butcher Batman versus? I'm sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you don't have to worry about saying that on this <laughs> show. If you go back a couple episodes, you'll hear all of my opinion. Yeah,
2: you know, one of the things is I I was kind of the script editor for Slice of Sci-Fi because we had a, a to be heavily scripted. Because it was a, a twenty, I think we had 24 twenty four minutes, yeah, 25 twenty five minutes
1: around that mark, yeah.
2: Because they were syndicated on um, Sirius XM, Sirius XM on a specific channel, so they had to run stuff before and afterwards, and then they ran the show, and so and we did, we recorded uh, four or five shows on a Thursday night, yeah, and it was kind of crazy, so. I learned that script editing and how to put it together and of course we've obviously morphed into our show with our birthdays and our cra my crazy sounds and all of this kind of stuff you know so it's um it, you know, we it's ours
1: now it is ours i mean we took uh, a basic model of something that we had seen or or, or experienced familiar in the past with, yeah or familiar with and just kind of integrated it and then uh, let our show kind of organically grow uh, into what it is now and it, it could very well continue growing yeah and our, our epic feedback that we have sometimes oh which yeah <laughs> next episode i suspect is going to be just massive it's, it's going to be just feedback that's all, all feedback <laughs> because we've been collecting for two weeks
0: well that's cool it's, it's nice when you can get to the point where you've got enough feedback that you can actually support feedback show exactly. <laughs> and
2: it, for a while it was like oh my god is anybody listening to our show yeah. Do we have mm-hmm. anybody bueller bueller
1: yeah, and yeah. Yeah, now we're getting feedback from people that I've never heard of before exactly. in my life, so yeah. I'm actually kind of happy about that. That's kind of neat.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a fun feeling when you're just kind of like, okay, you're not a relative friend or previous guest. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, I get on Facebook exactly. all the time, and
1: I'll see this feedback, and I'm like,
0: how do I know you? are you? <laughs> how do I
1: know you? And I start going down this really twisted rabbit hole. Because I want to justify the fact that, wait a minute, you don't know me. We have no common friends. How the heck did you find me? And then I'm like, and why am I questioning this?
0: Yes, exactly. I know exactly that feeling. <laughs>
1: yeah. We get stuff on on YouTube
2: a lot. And it, I, like, I, who, what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and just, just recently uh, ran a story last week. And someone that I've never heard of before in my life, I can, I mean, The person left a legitimate email address, so we went ahead and published it. But I have no idea who this individual is. But you know, we'll 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 mention in the feedback.
2: Yep. Exact. Mm. So, and we have open comments on our website too. I mean, obviously they're moderated, but uh, we're we're not shy about putting the negative stuff out there too. No. We got a lot of negative comments on the Robotech thing. I I shut the comments off on that. Article though, yeah, there was, there was there were a just, lot of ugliness. They were just getting ugly, and I edited some, and I deleted some, and it was just, you know. Uh, anyway,
0: I do like how you how you do often say when you're asking for feedback, you know, play, nice. play nice. yeah. Well,
2: and that that was spawned from that whole Robotech it uh, was article that we did, and the show that we did with Kevin McKeever, and the follow up information that we did. You know, and it, it just. There are some people that are just so negative about that, and it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I mean, just it, it
1: play was, nice because it they, was
2: horrible. They were being, they were being
1: ugly. Yeah, there was one individual in particular. I will not say his name or where he was from, but uh, Kevin McKeever knew who he was, and this guy was just evil. And we were just ugly. We tried uh, offering him the olive branch and said, you know, okay, you know, y- you want to share you wanna, with yeah. us? Yeah, I mean, you know? we're happy to get your opinion, and he just got. Even uglier, he and said. said I'm not f- doing
2: your work for you. You need to vet this uh, more. Blah blah blah. And it's like, hey, we're we're reaching out to you to give you the opportunity to say your piece, and you just want to be ugly about it. Okay, yeah, fine.
1: we have. I mean, he was just being ugly for the sake of ugly. So I thought, you know, we're done. See you later. Bye bye. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and sometimes that's the way you have to. <laughs> every once in a while, you just have to hit blocks.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was one of them. You are the ugly link. Bye bye. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, what areas, you know, you you do say that you're, you're connoisseurs of a lot of things. Do you have areas where you just feel like your geekitude is high and you yeah, you really do, that is where you kind of tend to geek out the most? Oh,
2: Lord. <laughs> well,
1: so I, I guess you're asking, um, is, is there something that we really like more than anything else? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, purely on a personal level, uh, I am. Deeply, deeply passionate about Star Trek. Yep. Wildly yeah. passionate about that. Have been since I was a little child. Yeah. So, uh, that, yeah, that one rates very high. But
2: there's a, a couple of things. Star Trek and Doctor Who.
1: Star Doctor Who, yeah. Um, Babylon 5.
2: I don't, did we tell you how we met? Did, did
1: we share? Or, no.
2: Oh, we, oh, did, we didn't oh share God. that with you? I thought, yeah. I thought we shared oh that with you. Oh, my God. With with
1: God. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> this... This, this will explain everything yeah
2: 20 years ago Hard to believe 20, 20 years i now. know it's uh, 20 years and two months actually yeah. but we were at a uh, pool party together and a, a mutual friend had walked by and and said that he wanted to talk to me and i'd seen ben over there excuse me and so i went to the house and talked to ron and and he said you know he really likes you he you should talk to him. I said, well, what do we talk about?
1: Yeah, because we had earlier had a very awful conversation about the weather.
2: Yes. It, 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 went,
1: it, oh, it, oh. It, it was just it was just dreadful.
2: And so he said, well, he liked science fiction. And I said, oh, cool. I know what to talk about then.
1: And up so, came the greatest pickup line. <laughs> the worst pickup line it was ever. was the worst pickup line, but at the, at the same time, the greatest pickup line ever because I he reeled me in <laughs> so I walked outside
2: and at this time I I was I was smoking I haven't haven't smoked for 15 over oh, 15 years yeah. now 17 year. and um, I lit a cigarette and I was
1: standing there and I said oh darn I forgot to set my VCR I mean this is the stupidest land on the planet <laughs> and I I was sitting, sitting at a table and I look up to him and I said oh what were you going to record oh one of my favorite science fiction programs as what is that?
2: Babylon 5! At which
1: one? I kind of sat, you know, sat of really tightening on my chair and said, Babylon 5, I love that show!
2: So we started chit-chatting and then we talked about all things Star Trek. Yeah, we went into
1: every iteration of Star Trek up to that time.
2: Sitting there and then I said, you know, there's one program that really is my all-time favorite and you've probably never heard of
1: it. And which one? I looked at him and said, try me.
2: Little did I know that he has watched every Science fiction thing on the planet, including all of the B stuff and the D stuff and the F stuff and all the crap that's been around. Yeah. And I said, Doctor Who.
1: And I jumped up. Now keep in mind, this is 1996. I jumped up and said, Doctor Who, I have almost every episode on videotape.
2: Wow. And I said to myself, Oh my God, he's crazy.
1: But I, I like, <laughs> and, and what ran through my head was, oh my god, could he be the one? Oh. So this
2: was a Sunday night, so it was, yeah. was or Sunday afternoon, you know, so, so the pickup line of, oh darn, I forgot my VCR at one o'clock in the afternoon. It
1: makes no sense at all, because the show's not on until like nine. Yeah,
2: when Babylon 5 airs at nine p.m., you know, like we're still gonna be
1: there. Uh, I mean, it's a really, really dumb line, and, and I look back on it now and think, uh, I, I must have been desperate to take it, but, but, uh, he, he managed to just push the right button, and I responded, and here we are 20 years later. Yeah,
2: and we still, we're still stupid together. Yeah, so. we
1: are. That's
0: awesome. That's such a great, that's I, I, such a great, I, great origin story, gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I tell
2: people, you know, we've been together for 20 years, and we still like each other.
1: Yeah, we still make each other laugh. Yep. So that's,
0: that's awesome. And it's important, too, because, you know, to a to to find somebody that's into the same stuff that you are is always phenomenal and fun. But to, to like it in a way that you can enjoy it together and laugh together. That, that's, that's awesome. yeah, we, yeah,
2: we have our own things that we do. But, uh, you know, it, it's just this is something this geeky stuff and, and pop culture is is something that is very close to both of our hearts. So. In fact,
1: one of my proudest moments. Was, uh, we had gone to see Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Mm. And, of course, we were following Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the same time. And, finally, we get the big reveal. Spoilers, people. S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually Hydra. (gasps) Who knew? And so we're watching the movie, and Keith, all of a sudden, just quietly turns to me and says, I can't wait to see how this plays out on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: I I was so proud.
1: (laughs)
2: just one of those things you know
0: that's awesome, that's awesome. so yeah, the right, so, oh, so sci-fi is so fi- sci i would say for both of you is kind of high on the geek to do it's
1: very, yeah, much high very, on mine. Very, very high very high yeah. it's very high on mine i mean i i i like also a lot of the b stuff we don't do a lot of the b stuff much because um that's that's not so much in keith's wheelhouse
2: yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of hard to to get past some of it but i i do enjoy it now i'm beginning to enjoy some of the the really bad stuff, so bad that it's good, you know, type. Haven't gotten to
1: see Sharknado yet though. Oh. <laughs> don't, not don't, ever. Don't not know if that's going to happen. Uh, but really, I think some of, you know, the biggest passions are like, you know, like the Star Trek. I mean, we love the Marvel movies. Yep. Those are, we just so, so, having such a great time with those. Um, we were having a great time with Doctor Who until that kind of took a sour turn.
2: Uh, we're to talk about that.
1: Yeah, we will talk about that. But, but really, I, I think the big passion is Star Trek, as evidenced by um, a lot of our attention uh, during the Phoenix Comic Con Com- was really directed towards um, all things Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's one that just really, that, that's one of my biggest passions of all.
0: Now, are you going to invest in uh, the streaming so you can watch the, the new series when it comes out in January? I wasn't
2: originally,
1: but I will now. Uh,
2: yeah, we're, we're, we're leaning towards that. I, it's just it's one of those evolution things that we have to come around to that. Well,
1: uh, yeah. originally, I didn't want to. Um, I, th- it was on two fronts. One, I was very offended by the idea that CBS was going to use their streaming app as a means to bribe people. Uh, by using Star Trek, since that I mean yeah the pilot would be aired on the network as well, but the series wasn't going to see the light of day on network and, until the following year, and I was really kind of like offended by that, but that alone would not be enough to stop me. What really was the kicker was the lawsuit against Axonar.
2: Well, that and and the fact that the the movies, the current movies, current have movies been,
1: have not been all that great. Yeah. So I was very offended by Paramount and CBS together attacking something which I thought in, in my heart, uh, had more spirit of Star Trek than the stuff that they were cranking out. Yeah. But we're, we're evolving. But they, you know, they, Paramount and CBS have dropped the lawsuit, so they've offered the olive branch, so I think it's only decent that, okay, we in turn, alright, We'll give this a try, and if we think that the Star Trek series is really just a piece of garbage, I can al- you can always cancel the CBS streaming app and exactly. be done with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, and I think that's how we're going to do it because we, if if we decide to get the streaming service, it will be because we just, we just pull out, cut the cord, which yeah, is what we've
2: done, and that's what we've done, and and I don't mind paying for Hulu and um, you know some of these other uh, Netflix, etc. But the the thing was that the CBS app is only for CBS. And it it was one of those things that I could buy Hulu or I can pay for Hulu and I get ABC and NBC and, you know, all of this other stuff. Yet I'm going to pay the same amount of money for just CBS content. That was that was my big thing. And, And I thought, well. You know, granted, yeah, we save it 150 bucks by cutting the cord, and we're only and that and that's including all the things that we're paying for. We're saving 150 bucks after we've paid for Hulu and Netflix and TiVo and and all this other stuff that we're we picked up. So, you know, I guess we'll okay. What 6.99 a month?
1: Yeah, and plus we kind of got lectured a little bit by Larry Nemeczek during Comic Con about how and he was and he is right about this. This is the future
2: that we're looking at. It is.
1: Uh, I mean, we've been predicting on Slice of Sci-Fi for for years that television, broadcast television and internet, uh, were going to merge. And we're seeing that happen now. And this is just another step in that. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous for me to be really petty about, uh, you know, a, a subscription service that's less than $10 a month. Yeah. To be able to enjoy what will hopefully be uh, probably the greatest science fiction show on television when it finally airs.
2: Well, I think there was also some leftover bitterness of some shows that, that CBS
1: canceled <laughs> too that we really
2: liked. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, it was just one of those, yeah, one of those things, sub, subliminal, you know, bitterness there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but be that as it may. Um, yes, we will buy the... We will most likely do that because I, I must admit I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with the TV series. And they've got a really good, um, uh, list of writers, mm. people that are associated with, with this new series. I know that Rod Roddenberry is going to be, is attached to it uh, on some fashion. And Keith and I met Rod a number of years ago in Prescott and yeah. found him to be just, uh, just a, a, such a Wonderful, wonderful guy. I mean, I, 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 so I couldn't speak highly enough of him. So in that respect, plus like I said, you know, all the other writers are going to be there, and Nick Meyer, who was attached to Wrath of Khan. Um, the fact that they're all be all part of it makes me say, okay, I, I will test it out.
0: Do we know anything about because they haven't released kind of the plot or setting or anything about the show? Have no.
1: They? no, nothing. Uh, we don't, uh, there's a lot of rumor that this, uh, everything we've got is nothing but rumor. I mean, there's some rumors that this takes place between Enterprise and the original series. And there's, then there's rumor that it takes place after, you know, uh, what
2: it was, uh, insurrect, uh, in, Insurrection? Yeah, there's some, know, well, or
1: Nemesis. N- nemesis, yeah. yeah. There, there, there's talk that it takes place in the, in the TNG timeline, but after the movie Nemesis, so that's all we're getting right now. We have no idea where this takes place in the Star Trek timeline. There does seem to be a lot of indication. Well, actually, most indication says that uh, it'll be in the Prime Universe. That's before J.J.'s movies. But I just saw another story saying that this will be yet um, more stories in, in the alternate timeline where where J.J.'s movies take place. So we know nothing. It's
0: do you have Do you have anything that you kind of would love to see, or kind of hoping a direction that they'll go?
1: Yeah, get rid of the bloody JJ timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I I, I I don't think that's going to happen anytime. Well, so. well, you know they might because this is the third movie that we're getting, so it might be over after this. I'm keeping my fingers crossed uh, because I don't like I, I'm not a fan of the stories in uh, in the movies. I love the characters, and I think the cast is brilliant. It's the only reason yeah. I like those movies, but I don't like the stories very much. Um, what I, I guess what I'm really hoping for, though, is—and this is where Star Trek's strengths lie—and that is, being that they're episodic, it allows them to go more into the area of the morality play.
2: Yeah, and I hope mm-hmm. I hope they go back to what Star Trek originally was all about, and that is the the journeying out into space on peaceful missions and you know yeah sometimes that does in- involve a-, a little violence but for the most part it's not a dystopian future it's no. a a peaceful everybody gets along future of earth shall we say
1: so i'm i'm hoping that that's really what i want to see and it doesn't matter really ultimately which universe you know which timeline it takes place in i don't care just give us really good quality stories that capture the spirit that we saw in the original series uh, as well. As, well, I would say in all of the series, because yeah. there were some in, in each of the Star Trek inter, uh, television shows. There were periods where they just really had some phenomenal messages that speak to the, the, the basic core of, of humanity. And that's really what I want to see.
0: Um, is there any area where you feel like your geekitude is low? Like you, you, really don't have as much experience as maybe you think you should.
1: Oh yeah, there's a, there's lot. a number. There's a number of them. <laughs> Video games, Video games anime. and anime. Those are the two. I would say that uh, we're beginning to increase our geekitude on horror. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beginning to go up. And
2: I, I'm uh, comics are. You know, I, I, I never found a comic book as a kid that I tried. Picking them up, but I just never found the comics that others were interested in. I, I found Famous Monsters of Filmland, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. Not a comic book. You know, but now I'm, I'm beginning to see
1: some comics that I really like yeah. and, and appreciate the art. Yeah, but one of the things that I think is really fascinating about the geek culture is that you are not required to like everything. There's, why not? There's no, why not? Because because <laughs> there's not enough hours in the thank day. you very much i wouldn't have enough i mean if if i were trying to uh expand my geek to two points uh we would not be having this conversation yeah. because i'd be too busy trying to expand my geek to two points
2: there's not enough hours in the day or money in the world that's
1: right <laughs> so that yeah there's a there's there's no rule that says you know you have to like this or you have to like this other thing and that's one of the things that i really like about uh, the geek culture and something that I really just love about what we see at Phoenix comic-con is, and that is there's a place for everybody and yeah. you don't have to like everything, but everyone is welcome.
0: Yeah. I, I was very impressed. I don't want to, I don't go too much into detail about Phoenix comic-con because that's our, our feature for today. But, um, but I was, I was very impressed by how um, the verse, the, the, main programming was. I mean, you look at the schedule and every every person could find something that they were into. Right. Oh. And
1: uh, as we've seen, uh, the diversity covers so many different areas and that that's just basically in geek culture anyway. You know, you, you can like all sorts of things. I mean, uh, you can like the Star Trek uh, movies by J.J. or you can only like the TV series or you can be into Star Wars only or comic books only and it's okay. That's that's perfectly fine. I mean, I because we have a podcast, yes. I'd like to be a little bit more well versed, or at least have some kind of a you know a one on one information on on video games and and some anime, so that I know what I'm talking about. But you know, aside from that, I, I don't think there's any real. You know, like like Keith said, um, comic books never really interested him. Okay, great. You know, comic books interest me. I love them. Uh, but there's there's nothing that says that he has to really be into them.
0: Yeah, no, and it's it's sometimes that's the fun dance is finding um, things that like finding the comic books that you would like or if the the actual. Um, medium of, I know my husband has a problem with the medium of comic books themselves because he has trouble focusing on, there's too much going on on the page, mm-hmm. and so he has trouble focusing on, on the story and the plot, and it's very hard for him to get through a, an issue. So it's okay, well, can you find novels that are of the same genre as superhero comic books or whatever comic books you're into and introduce that kind of interest in a different way?
1: Oh, yeah, Jeannie Koch. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: We, we really both, uh,
1: latched onto
2: her writing style. It's really great. Oh, so, big
1: time. I mean, she, she could write a superhero story very easily. In fact, I dare say that her Alien Kitty Cat series is, is, is nothing more than just, uh, a, it, it's a comic book, but in a novel. That's awesome.
0: That's very cool. Yeah, she's, uh, she's part of the reason why we are, are interviewing now because, uh, she kind of did the the introductions and, and got me to go to Phoenix. She and built, she's good at connecting people. She
1: built the bridges. <laughs> yeah, she's she's an awesome lady. I absolutely adore her.
0: Um, what are some of the things that you're into that you know are not necessarily mainstream or very popular? Not many people know about it, but they totally should. And you will push it and uh, and introduce people to it whenever you get a
1: chance. Independent film. Yeah absolutely independent film we've really had our eyes opened in such a way uh when you in the past whenever you said independent film to me i would think okay just some sort of you know artsy fartsy film that was all human interest and just really didn't speak to any of the things that i was really into and i've come to realize holy cow could i could not have been more wrong on that
2: and there are some great independent films that are being made by some very talented people That's on, the other thing. on zero
1: budget. That's the other thing. There is enormous talent and vision that exists yep. in the independent filmmaking circuit. And not just independent film, but independent writing. Independent you know, comic book independent, creation. Exactly. Any kind of independent creator. There is a lot of talent out there. Uh, you know, and because we are now into the 21st century and with things, you know, like the internet, and, and the way technology has progressed to to where we are today, it is easier to for people that are this talented, but for whatever reason couldn't get into the business. Now they have an avenue where they can actually produce something that really shows how unbelievably brilliant they are. Yeah. We have seen, uh, we've read some amazing books by some incredible independent authors. We have seen some amazing uh movies and tele well, web series that uh have just really sparked the imagination, ranging from, you know, very light um pulp fiction kind of thing to something that could be very, very hard sci fi. There is just so much wealth out there in that independent circuit that yeah. a lot of people don't know about. And that's I think become our big uh our big rallying cry. That's yeah. what we're really pushing now. I mean, sure. The fun stuff, you know, like like grim. You know, I I so want to interview Claire Coffee because I adore her. Uh, you know, the, you know, or the Star Trek, or the you know the Babylon Five. Yeah, all this stuff is fun, and and I'm glad that it's out there. But we should never ever um, dismiss some of the independent films that are being made. You know, one of our recently our big push was Occupants, uh, this movie, a sci-fi psychological voyeuristic horror film that we loved from the moment we saw it. So that's why we were just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it as hard as we could, because we really believed that the that this movie needed to be seen by a lot of people. Yeah,
2: and its world premiere was at Phoenix Comic Con, and they took second place, Best of Best.
0: Yeah, and we're actually going to be talking to Russ uh, in a couple weeks. Oh, oh fantastic! Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to talk to him, not only because... Um, your your recommendations have been so high, but he's um, also from USC, which is my alma mater. Oh, so, oh, fantastic. Um,
2: and you'll get yeah,
0: I'm excited, him. And
2: you'll get to see it at um, Comic Con in San Diego if you go as well. Yeah, definitely and, beforehand. And, but because <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I'm gonna yeah, I've got a, I've got a screener that I'm very looking forward to. My my husband's a little nervous; he's not into the horror genre. Um, it, but it,
2: it's see at that I, and, you know, and that's how we were. We exactly. were not into
0: the horror genre. So
2: think about horror as Something unexpected. It doesn't have to be blood. It doesn't have to be gore. It doesn't have to be guts. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, violence. It's something unexpected. We have seen a tremendous amount of um, com- horror comedy, horror slash comedy. It's just mm-hmm. it is, and some of it is is that gore thing, but it's so over the top. And it, it's couched in a comedic fashion that it, it's okay, and, it, and it, but yeah, like, anything that's unexpected is like, kind of can we, be considered
1: horror. We saw one that is uh, essentially uh, it's almost a dialogue-free film about these these two guys who were trying to be uh, home intruders, and it it is it's like Monty Python. I mean, <laughs> it's violence, and, and it
2: it's just. Yeah, it is just so over the top. That, it, that, you, the, you
1: can't help but laugh at it now. The
2: missteps of the, in, and it's called Invaders.
1: It's and, hilarious. And oh my
2: god. It, That's awesome. It's hilarious. They, they drive a gremlin, and they're gonna invade this home on Thanksgiving,
1: and it's just... And they can't do anything right.
2: No, nothing.
1: And, and it ends on a... Yeah, I mean, know, with blood gushing yeah. everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, it's like second <laughs> pop film. Yeah. I mean, it's just outrageous to the point where, you laugh because it is absurd. You know, but other, but there are other horror films that are beautiful. When we were at uh, Horrible Imaginings, we saw what I think has got to be one of the most gorgeous horror films ever, ever filmed, and that was Cemetery Man, starring Rupert Everett. It is beautiful wow. in its cinematography. I mean, it's a zombie film. But it's not like Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead or or the Waking, you know, Walking Dead, Waking Dead, Walking Dead. Nothing like that. I mean, there's nothing really overtly disgusting or gross about it. Instead, it is just so beautifully shot. So if you start looking at these movies in terms of their art, their cinematography, Mm -hmm. uh, costume design, set design, you know, another way to look at the old Roger Corman horror films, that, where he uh, worked exclusively with Vincent Price, those movies are arts. Uh, they're works of art. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and also um,
2: the Hitchcock films. If you suspense can really be kind of included in that horror category as well, and that's really kind of what Occupants is. It's more suspense and uh, science fiction. It, it just uh, across genres really.
1: Yeah. It's 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 a, it's a so, wonderful wonderful film. So yeah, the whole independent creation, I mean, that's yes. that's I think the area that we really are pushing now because I think a lot of people need to know more. They need to know more about that. Yep.
0: Definitely. Well, remind me when we get back to our main topic to to come back to that because I think conventions are a great way of of exploring that. And I don't see <laughs> enough people to do that stuff. All right. And the last thing I wanted to ask you is, are, do you have anything coming up? Any any events coming up? Anything yes. outside of TG
1: Geeks that oh, you're working Outside on? of TG Geeks? Jeez. Uh, I mean, do we do anything outside of TG Geeks? Uh, No, we don't have a life. No, we no, no, <laughs> really don't. Although we are connected. <laughs> this is our life. <laughs> although we are connected with uh, an opera organization called Spark. And we are looking at doing something next year. Yeah, we which really sort of can't. We yeah, can't talk about it can't right talk now because it, it's kind of it's, it's still in the planning, in the planning stage. stages. But, so. but uh, in terms of what we, the TG geeks, are working on, yes, tonight we're going to be as of when we're recording this, we're going to be in L.A. That's
0: awesome. We, and
1: what are you doing up there? There is a well. do You want to? It's a
2: premiere of a uh, horror art feature film. film. Art film. And we talked to the director. She's a Brazilian uh, lady, and she got a grant from the David Lynch Foundation to make this film. And world premiere is at the Chinese Theater
1: at 11.45 tonight. And it's called Lilith's Awakening, and you can read our review on TGGeeks.com.
0: And you had her on as a guest. Yes, yes. She was, uh, she was phenomenal to listen to Episode
1: 72. Five, I want to say I 75. Think, yeah. Man, oh, I'll tell you, we cranked out so many episodes this last week.
0: I, I, <laughs> you really did. <laughs>
1: many <more. laughs> I many
0: have, I have to say, I have been, um, it's been the, the end of the school year, and I am very behind on my podcast. And between you and Kenny Rotter of Dumbbells and Dragons, releasing like 20 episodes between the two of you oh over, over Phoenix Comic Con. And I'm like, people, I only have so many hours in the day. <laughs> How yeah. do you think we feel? We're
2: well, the ones who are producing. <laughs> yeah, we, we decided that we would release them as episodes to not screw up the know, numbering system the thing. numbering system that we had and... And to be able to have all of the, our interviews out on iTunes for people to enjoy and not have them in a, you know, kind of screwing it up. So that's why we released so many episodes.
1: But we wanted it to be timely, too, because offense exactly. was such the big issue. So, yeah, that's where we're cranking out so many. But as a result of it, it's like I... I mean, we're always going back to, so, okay, what episode was that? Oh, quick, let me quickly oh pull God. it up on my phone. Was that 75? Yeah. No, th- we're at 80 now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, are, are we at episode 78? I said, no, we just did 79. Really? He's like, yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, so yeah, we just done that much. So I think Monica Demis was, was 75. I think I, she was 75. I think she was. I hope so. But yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be doing that tonight, and we're going to meet her and... As well as uh, Sophia Woodward, she was the star of *Lilith's Awakening*. She's going to be there tonight. I'm really uh, optimistic that we'll be able, we're able to get an interview with her. So that's that's the thing we're doing right now.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm, I, I encourage everybody to check it out because your your webcast is fun and informative and not like a lot of the stuff that I I know of. So I definitely encourage people to check it out. Thank cool. you. Right. We're going to move on to talking about what we did that was geeky this week. Oh, dear. Um, I actually had a relatively geeky week, uh, but uh, the culmination was last night I went out to Sherman Oaks, uh, Archivite Cinemas in Sherman Oaks, with uh, Kenny from Dumbbells and Dragons and uh, Mandy and Kevin from the WEK podcast and my husband and the five of us went and watched the Warcraft movie. Oh, cool. Oh. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a huge Warcraft fan, and I enjoyed it. I think a lot of my time was spent going, hmm, I wonder if the people I'm with who are not Warcraft fans are understanding what's going
1: on. Ah. So it was like aiming for a very specific demographic as opposed to something more broad for a general audience.
0: Well, well talking to my husband afterwards, he, he got it and he understood it. I think, it, I think you understand it on a, a deeper level if you're familiar with it. But it does seem like, you know, he, he who has no experience with Warcraft got the story, understand what was going on, didn't get lost or confused. So I feel like they did a good job. But I do know in the back of my mind, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is going to make sense to, to the wider audience. Right. Um, and I think like many things nowadays, they try and fit too much stuff into the movie. Yeah. And I think Warcraft has a very complicated uh, backstory. So trying to kind of distill that into a two-hour movie um, in order to move the story along in possible future movies, uh, I, I think they struggled a little bit with that. But overall, it was a very good movie. I think uh, you cared about the characters. There was a lot of action. wasn't really too gory. Um, so yeah, I, I, I recommend it. I think if you like fantasy in general, you'll like this movie. If you're not a, a Warcraft
1: thing. Oh, cool. Cool. That sounds interesting.
0: Yeah. How about you guys?
1: Well, Nothing. <laughs> did absolutely n- no, not. <laughs> uh, 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 we didn't do a whole lot of geeky stuff during the week. I mean, we did, as we said earlier, we did release some episodes uh, throughout the week after we came back from Comic-Con. Uh, if Phoenix Comic-Con, I have to say that. Because if you just say Comic-Con, everybody thinks it's San Diego. <clears throat> right. <laughs> uh, uh, but I think really the culmination was for us also last night. Where we got to be on the web series of Phoenix Tonight. Yeah, we we were actually interviewed uh, another time. So it was, yeah, and that was, was the switch for us. That was the weirdest experience because uh, well one, well a normally uh, Russ Kashmirzak who who hosts the show, he usually does it on a Saturday. Last night he he does it on a Friday. You know, Keith and I've just pulled in a full full week, of our, almost a full week's worth of work. We're tired. The studio was hot. My brain was barely in uh, out of neutral, yeah. so it was rough. I mean, we—I I felt like uh, we very, very much underperformed. Uh, but he thought it was a good show. He was very happy with it. So okay, I guess if they're happy with it, and you know, if people are, if this increases our listener base, then fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, we got to talk a little bit about you know the things we're really passionate about, and
2: as we have here,
1: as <laughs> as we have, but he limited <laughs> to
2: just like seven minutes, yeah. not an hour and a half like yeah. we've been going here. <laughs> Are you saying
1: something about me and my reading? (laughs) No.
0: Hey, that's what we do here. I have no problem clocking a two-hour show, much to the chagrin of my listeners.
1: Well, I
2: started uh, reading uh, Daughters of Anarchy, Season 1, which is uh, by C.A. Hartman, or Christy Hartman. And she was uh, the episode or the interview that we recorded Sunday night after Phoenix Comic-Con and Episode 79 that we released on Monday morning. So they're really really good uh book she was previously had written the corvallis chronicles which was a a trilogy which was very hard sci-fi very hard sci-fi so she is a scientist so she's a geneticist by uh um, education
1: and, and now this this daughters of anarchy is sort of I and mean, it's still science fiction but it's more of a noirish pulp fiction kind of book
2: yeah it's kind of, well, that's kind
1: yeah. of plus
2: plus i i crunched all the episodes and released them on youtube all in one day. <laughs> all, the, w- all the episodes from Phoenix Comic Con, that is, that I couldn't do when my Mac was down.
1: I would also add that um, finally, uh, during the con, I was able to pick up uh, a lot of Jeannie's... Um, the the books where she's written... You know, anthology books that she's written uh, for, mm-hmm. and especially those that tie into the, the Alien Kitty Cat series. And I finally started... Get to read those and have just been um, happy as a pig in mud basically it, I always I always just geek out big time whenever I get to uh, start reading and, and kind of playing it. well not playing but just just really uh, enjoying Jeannie's little uh, her sci-fi universe. It's, it's always great geek fun for me.
0: Yeah I think my husband and I are gonna try and, and grab a couple of her books this summer because I, I'm an English teacher. So during the school year, reading is not, reading for pleasure is not a priority for me because I'm used to reading term papers. And, uh, like, oh my. And sometimes that's not the most uh, pleasurable reading. So, you know, summer's my time to kind of detox from that and yeah. try and delve through all the other stuff that's been on the list.
1: I would, I, I would heartily recommend, yes, yeah, start with Touch by an Alien because I, I tell you, uh, two pages into it, you're hooked.
2: Yeah, some of her other stuff is really kind of neat too. Yeah. The, uh, the Night Beat, uh, she's got one or I think she released a second one on that one. I haven't picked that up. And Alexander Outland is pretty cool and some of her short stories are really kind of neat. Um, Happy Acres. Happy Acres is wonderful. Oh, I love it. It's, Happy it's Acres. a really neat short story. You have to read it. You it, can read it in just, a day. Oh, well you can read it in you an hour. You can read it in an hour.
0: I mean, it's <laughs> so
1: delightful. Uh, Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to, to getting into those.
1: Uh, You'll have a great time. You really will.
0: All right. Well, let's move on. Since we brought it up multiple times, and I think we're kind of there at this point, let's talk about Phoenix Comic Con and uh, what we did, what we liked, things we found. Um, How was your experience overall, guys?
1: Busy. Busy. Oh, my word. I mean, we had a great time, but we were just work, 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 work.
2: Yep and we also saw today that uh it's sort of been kind of confirmed over 100,000 people this year. Wow. So. Yeah.
1: That that's the biggest attendance record um yet. So we're really happy for Comic-Con that they're able to do that. Uh I mean there were a couple of downsides you know, but th- these were things that it, it's all part of the growing pains. I mean they had their they had some network issues so some of their uh, their purchases, point of sale purchases, just didn't quite go through. Uh, mm-hmm. Their computers were crashing. Um, of course, long lines. Yeah, it long, lines. long lines. It, yes, yeah. It, it caused very long lines. It caught. Oh, we on Thursday we tried to pre-order um, a photo op with um, Alex Kingston, and it was a nightmare.
2: We stood in line for over an hour, and there were only about fifteen people in front of us.
1: Yeah, they could not get their system working. It. it, That's frustrating. Yeah, well, and that that was the same morning that Keith Mac took a dump.
2: Yep, exactly. So it was kind of like, oh my god. Uh, Also, the same morning that the con doesn't open till none of the programming happens till twelve. The dealers' room doesn't open till four, and at nine a.m. When registration opens at 10, at 9 a.m., there were 400 people in line already.
1: Yeah. That it was, was just... a huge indicator that this was going to be yeah. a massive con. You know, but so was, we got all the frustration out on yeah. the first day. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, we did. We got all our frustration out on the first day. Uh, of course, I attribute that all, all that headache was due to the meteor that flew yeah. in Phoenix at 4 in the morning. Very possible, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it it was all all a conspiracy. Thanks Obama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we did we did a lot. We did
2: um but in retrospect it, it wasn't a lot. We had a lot of uh waiting on uh others to do things, but it it was good that we did do wait on them. We did a couple of panels. We did uh, a number of interviews, as well as the occupants uh, screening twice, twice, and you know, we did. What did we do? Four or five interviews. Uh, I want to say. We still have one five. in the can with these two guys that joined us. In the room.
1: Yeah, so, some guys named Joe and Matt.
0: <laughs> I I have to tell you, you guys, <laughs> you guys threw our our weekend all off because we had so much fun with you, but we didn't get back until two in the morning. And oh. when we when we woke up, it was like ten and we're like, we just missed half con. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> we had such a good time though.
1: Well, we that was. really it wasn't was kind of fun. Yeah, you know, uh, and I remember at one point, uh we, Keith and I kinda of looked at each other and said, you know, we have not even stepped foot in the dealer's room or the exhibit's yeah. hall yet. Mm-hmm. we had
2: to. We spent uh we didn't go in Thursday at all. No, and Friday we spent a whole hour there.
1: And luckily, and an and hour and a and half, and, and that's, that's the time that we met you. you.
2: Yeah, and then Saturday we were with some friends that um, it was it was Logan's, he's a little seven year old kid, his first Comic Con, and his parents hadn't been in years, and so we shepherded them around till about two o'clock. About
1: yeah. You know,
2: so we did we got to spend some time in the dealer's room, but it
1: not really we really didn't get to explore it, yeah, I mean, we did a little bit on the last day and we did some networking there, which was nice uh but but we, that, didn't... But we really didn't get to actually go from table to table to table to see everything that was there like like we had intended no, i mean <laughs> we were uh, whenever we were there, we were either uh we were rushing to see somebody. Because we do need, something. There, or... It was there. We were there for a reason. Like we needed to see Larry Nemachek or we needed to go by and r- uh, run by Jeannie's table because we needed to talk to Kenny or we needed to go by Dave Beatty's table. So, so there was always this. We're there to do something. We never got to explore the exhibitors hall just for the sake of exploring it. And this year, it was it was enormous.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty big. It was a pretty big expo- exposition hall. I was pretty impressed.
1: Yeah. So we didn't get to really do a lot of that. Um, although, uh, and and there was a lot of programming we didn't get to do this year either. We got to do some, but not as much as we, that I would have liked. But, you know, when, when you're the media, you don't really have that luxury of being able to go and just hit every single panel you want because, uh, you, you, you sort of have a responsibility to, uh, do stories and do interviews.
2: Yeah, about the con,
1: and and we did a, a wrap up. That was
2: what we did. We did Sunday. The That's other right. thing on Sunday evening was the wrap up with Chuck, uh Tomasi from Technorama. So we did two interview
1: type things on Sunday night after the con was over. Yeah. So so we were yeah we were just really busy running around. I think the most most relaxing time we had was Saturday night at Larry nemachek's Doctor Trek show. Yeah. That was great. It was a lot of fun, and and when we talked to you guys, that yeah, was oh, yes, that was very relaxing.
2: I I really
1: enjoyed that. I that was uh, yes. In all seriousness, um, I was very very happy that we got to have that chat.
0: Yeah, well, we really enjoyed it. We we had fun hanging out with you guys, and uh, it's it's nice to have uh, you know other gay geeks <laughs> around.
1: Absolutely. To,
0: uh, discuss things with. Um, what panels did you hit? Because you've mentioned a couple times you did get to a few. Were uh, Were there any that that really stood out to you? I can
1: name. Um. Well, yeah. Uh. Well, I think the one. The, the, there were two that Keith and I both very much enjoyed, and now those are the Star Trek panels. Yeah. The, the ones two, that Larry the were Two on. Star Trek panels. Uh. But then and we'll,
2: we'll not talk about the other. Oh uh, no no, I, no, come on, no no. Okay, we will. Don't no, don't be negative.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fine.
2: Because <laughs> they were, they were kind of like, okay. Well, there didn't.
1: was one that I liked and you didn't, and then there was one that you liked and I didn't. And we'll just say that. Yeah. So.
0: We went to we went to a panel um, Friday morning that was you know because I'm a teacher and it was about creating um, a pop culture school and it was it was fun while we were there but I don't think it amounted to anything as far as I I got some nice uh, teaching materials. Right. But it was kind of like it, it was it was teachers talking about teachery things, and it was very interactive. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, it was kind of like right, it wasn't quite what I was expecting but I walked in.
1: I think that was a case with a lot of panels where you go in there expecting something, and mm-hmm. uh, being delivered something radically different. Uh, you're not the first person to say that. I experienced that. My um, yeah, right. friend Chuck Tomasu Technorama, he experienced that on one uh, one panel. Yeah. So um, you know, I think that's just part of what, what you get when you, when you go into the smaller panels that are you know, put together by volunteers, shall we say. As opposed to, you know, the big guest panels where you have the big media guests, you know, like Alex Kingston or David Ramsey. You know, when they get to sit up there and, and kind of chit chat with the entire audience for an hour about their fun exploits in their, in their TV shows or movies. I mean, those are always great fun. But when yeah. you when you're going to the smaller panels, it's a it's it's a lottery. You it's really don't know what shoot. you're going to
0: get. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely what we we noticed, and we kind of uh, I think ended up spending more time in the exhibition hall just because um, that was a little bit more focused for us. I, I think there was a little bit so much, so many panels up there, and none of a lot of them weren't those big kind of named panels that was like, I'm not sure what I'm getting here. I think I'm going to stick to the exhibition
1: hall. Yeah, there was one that we were supposed to go to, and we bailed. We said, you know, we need to, let's just not do that. Let's yeah. just go to the exhibitors and it, hall. And it was probably going to be
2: better than the one that we had just come from. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it when it's done by volunteers, you know, it's kind of, you get what you get.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You know, so they're, they're no different than any other big con. I mean, you're going to get that anywhere you go. Uh, but, you know, and, and I'm not saying any of this to denigrate uh, Phoenix Comic-Con uh, because I thought at the same time they did some really amazing stuff. They,
2: they do programming for everybody. Yeah. And, and that was, that's why I didn't want to be negative is because Comic-Con or Phoenix Comic-Con has become one of those places that is accepting of everybody. And and I, we really noticed that at FanFest last year. Uh, Phoenix Comic-Con does a, a FanFest that's kind of, Opposite of Phoenix Comic Con because it's so hot in June, you know the, some of the cosplayers don't get an opportunity to do their thing. So they had uh, fan fest in uh, uh, December last year, and the thing that we noticed was, for the most part, everybody was accepting. There was there was a kid who had a T-shirt that he had drawn on and a towel as a cape and that was his that was his cosplay i thought it was brilliant i thought it was it was great nobody was saying anything negative to him you know i i understand that there had been some of that going on but for the most part you can do whatever you want and be whoever you want at phoenix comic con right
1: and that, and and that's that's really uh at, at the heart of what we were saying uh, a little bit earlier about comic con how it's uh talking about its diversity and how it's it's really accepting of all people in all walks, all shapes, all forms, whatever. And as far as those panels go, yeah, there was one that I really intensely disliked. However, Keith enjoyed it. Yeah. It was more meant for I, him than it was. I for me. I learned something and right. and it was it was it 101. Was so, it was so beneath me. But then uh later that same day, I think, or was it the next day? We were at a different panel, and I enjoyed it a lot. And Keith was like, oh, get me out of here. Yeah, so it, so there's, there's something for everybody there.
0: Yeah, and that's what I, that's very much how it felt. It felt like you were going to – it felt like the people were creating it, and you were going to be able to just find those things that really kind of spoke to you. And you might have some hit, hits or misses, but the fact that it was so diverse meant that everybody could find something. That
1: they really right, exactly, yeah. Right.
0: Did, uh, you, you encounter anything new at the exhibition hall that you, uh, latched onto, thought was pretty cool or in- innovative?
1: Uh, didn't have time. O- other than,
2: I've, I've kind of come full circle on this comic book thing. I, we picked up a comic book that was done by Dave Beatty, who is actually doing the comic book tie-in for Occupants, the movie, and it's his new, uh, little Homage to Star Trek and their parody of Star Trek and it's called Red Skirts. And it's a all-female, uh, security team. And so they wear red skirts. And it's kind of a neat little comic.
1: Yeah, I, that's, I think that's pretty much it though. Um I mean, I, I, no, there was nothing that I really latched onto that, um no, there wasn't, there wasn't time. Yeah. We were just so, Go 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 the entire time we were there. I mean, I would have loved to have spent more time there because I know that. Oh wait wait. Well, there was the Lovecraft booth. Oh yeah,
2: that was cool. Well, they had it was a jewelry booth, but they had a whole section on um, Miskatonic University and oh, class, a class ring and pins and pendants and this cufflinks and all this kind of stuff. You know, so it was kind of neat.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking of getting and myself... some other
2: Lovecraftian. Right, uh,
1: I think I'm getting jewelry. myself a, a a class ring from the university because because I just saw that. Oh, that is so nerdy! I love it.
0: That is very cool because it will be one of the. I love those things that you can wear that. It's kind of your like secret society. Yeah, you know, you know instantly if the person is a geek or not because they'll say, "Oh my god, that ring is so cool." Yeah, exactly. I mean, they had yep. a
1: backpack that I just felt and loved. Oh, love yeah.
2: that, was a, that was that was a different. Is that uh, a different table? That was a different booth. Yeah.
1: Yes, it was. And it
2: was uh Miskatonic University. Um, uh, back, on uh, a messenger bag. But it was more than a messenger bag. It was, it was more
1: like a backpack, really. Uh, yeah, the way it, yeah. Because the way you wore it on your shoulder and the way it unfolded, it had all these packs for, you know, your pencils and your notepads and all this. But it had that Miskatonic University logo right on the back. And unless you're really into lovecraft, you're not going to know what the heck that is. I mean, that is such, that, that is such a geek test. I mean, those,
0: yeah, I think that's just awesome.
1: Yeah, those are just great fun. Did, did see one t-shirt that said,
2: uh, one experiment away from oh, yeah. a superhero.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, just kind um, of
2: scientists. One experiment away from a
1: superhero. Yep. Yeah. I'm it Oh, go ahead. I'll just say those those are just a couple of the cool things that we saw. Uh, but again, it's not because we weren't looking, but it's because a lot of the time we just didn't have the time. But we did stumble across those, and we thought those were amazingly awesome, and we got their cards so that we can order off the web. So that was cool. That was very cool. Yeah, the only thing I actually purchased was I did
0: get a a T-shirt from uh, Shark Robot, which is known for their kind of mashup geek uh, T-shirts, and it's Pokemon as the Avengers. Oh wow!
2: Ooh. That, I'm sure that.
0: And, and I I've worn it a couple times since then, and it I have gotten more comments on that T-shirt than I think most. In fact, we went to um, Sunday morning. I promised my husband is. Comic conventions are not necessarily his thing. He goes because he loves me, but not not his thing. And he did have fun, and I'm 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 getting him. And he's 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 warming up to a lot of the stuff that I like, which I appreciate that he's putting in that effort because you know I don't know that I always have the patience for the stuff he likes. But um, I promised him that we would take him to the botanical gardens. Right. And so Sunday before we left, went to the botanical gardens in the 113 degree. <laughs> so, oh yeah. But, um, there's a little restaurant there, and so we got brunch there before we headed home, and the waiter was like, Oh my god, I need to take a picture of your t-shirts.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: <laughs> okay, sure enough. Um, a couple of the other things that I saw while I was there is, uh, I, I try and pick up a piece of art at most of the cons that I go to, just because I think it's fun and you won't get that stuff
1: anywhere. Yeah, that, that, I would agree with that.
0: And I found this artist that I just, I loved his stuff. And he had a buy two, get one free, so I had to get three. Oh. Um, his name is Jason Meats.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: he does very childlike, almost Calvin and Hobbes, if it was anime type, you know, with the big eye, very cartoony little kid stuff. And he translates a lot of properties down to what they would be like if they were children. And so the three that I got is I got the, the Avengers kind of playing on a playground and fighting with each other. Cool. So that was cool. And then I'm a big Arrow fan, so it's uh, a picture of the Arrow standing on a jungle gym saying, you have failed this playground. <laughs> but I thought the, the the most fun, and as one of my friends said, um, adorably disturbing, was uh, a little childlike Michonne with a uh, wooden sword leading two teddy bears with chains around their necks, like the zombies that she has, right? And they've got like no, the, the stuffing is coming out of where the arms should be and where the the mouth should be. Oh, dude. And it was, it's just this kind of, it, it is, it is a little bit disturbing, but very capturing the character.
1: Ah, huh. I, am so, a little intrigued on that one. That sounds.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. No,
1: so, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, the, the art is not something that we had originally. Really explored. I mean, we have we have some art in our in our house. Uh, it's mostly Disney themed, but I think th- this was the first time we actually did something where we did, we went ahead and got little mini posters. And now one of them was the actual um, occupants, the movie poster. But you know, we got that autographed and everything. But uh, something that I I keep looking up, and it's hanging uh, on our wall uh, here in our office slash studio. And I keep looking at it, and I really the more I look at it, the more I love it. And that's uh, supposed to be the uh, cover art for the Occupants comic book tie-in. And it's just really amazing to look at. And, and, I'm, and I've started, you know, as, as we were going throughout the, uh, the exhibitor's hall, I did see some really gorgeous artwork there. And like I said, I'm not really big into a lot of the collecting, but I'm thinking, you know, I, I wouldn't mind having that piece of mm-hmm. art or something uh, to, to hang on the wall. Because there's something so just, uh, not just geeky, but enormously beautiful about it. Oh, um, Keith is showing me the photo that you were just talking about. Oh my god. That is just so bizarre.
0: Isn't it though? It's just, like, I just, I don't know why, I just loved it. I thought it, it is a perfect childlike translation of the character.
1: That is what. Well, I love the artwork.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal artist. It was hard to pick. It's like he had um, Aquaman in a kiddie pool, oh, looking really fearsome. Yeah. yeah, he had. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that just like you're you're flipping through, and there's just these childlike touches to them all that just kind of make you giggle because you're like, I yes, that is that character distilled into a childlike cartoon.
1: Oh, far out. That's kind of cool.
0: The other artist, and I was actually impressed because Matt was like pushing me to get one of these and finally decided that he's going to order one on his own. But there's an artist, uh, called Mauricio Abril, and he has very, um, very beautiful paintings of superhero like things. And the one that's on his card, which I, I didn't get, but I think captures the playfulness of Playing pretend when you're a little kid um, is it's um, a kid. The three children dressed up for Halloween: one as Superman, one as uh, Elsa from Frozen, and one as Darth Vader. And like their their shadows are being cast up against a um, a fence, and the shadows are the characters themselves. Right. Oh, that that's cool. That's nice.
1: Yeah. I
0: like. That. Yeah. And so he, he didn't care for that one. He, liked there's a picture of, um, I, th- I want to say Starry Night or, or some other really well-known painting that um, children versions of the Justice League are all taking pictures of, but the Flash is being scolded by kind of like the, the random... Charlie Brown adult you know you don't see anything but the hand of the adult kind of scolding him because the sign says no flash
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: cute but very painted to be very cool and very like I, so we were very impressed by by those two I'll I'll um I'll retweet them out with this episode and, and let people know about them because they're, they're fun very very fun pieces of art nice I'm, I'm, Yeah, so that was, that was fun. And then one of the panels that we just kind of went to on a whim, I was like, this looks fun and it's not something that we have at San Diego Comic Con, so I want, I want to try it and see what it is. Have you heard of the Guys Strut Your Stuff panel?
1: No, I'm not familiar with this. No. Mm -mm.
0: So basically, it was Saturday night, and it is anybody can enter, and it's a combination of Cosplay and strip show. Oh. And it's not a, it's not a professional thing at all. So anybody can enter this. Oh dear. And, and so, well, I mean, that's kind of the charm. You've got these little, you know, all body types, these skinny little geeky guys getting up and dancing for their girlfriend on the runway. And it doesn't need to be be like full, you know, we're not doing full Monty or anything here. Some people just kind of like unbuttoned a button and then, you know, made, made the, uh, uh, finger to the audience and then you know dance back off but it was just so positive and so charming and most of you guys were just you know kind of blushing as they were doing it it was it was just fun and yeah it was just fun
2: that sounds fun I I think we may have
1: to check that out next time
2: there are just so many things that we need to do next time
1: As as Keith has said, you know, we learned a lot.
2: More hours in the day.
1: Yeah, more hours in the (laughs) day. I'll be able to split myself into two or maybe three just to cover all the areas that I need to. Better planning. (laughs) Uh, Well, I thought we planned this one pretty well. Yeah. I mean, you know, as well as we could. I mean, I I think next year will be better. But I thought I thought we did a reasonable job in terms of being able to multitask and cover all the areas that we felt know that we absolutely had to. Yeah.
0: Well, you, and you had a really nice setup in your room. You know, very comfortable for people coming in and, you know, very easy to just kind of sit down. I know, I know you guys had trouble setting it up, but, uh, um.
1: The, the setup wasn't actually so much of a problem as it was with Keith's computer. It was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Issues. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, the setup itself was rather easy, but, no, um, yeah, as far as, you know, creating the hospitality suite, I mean, I, I am married to Martha Stewart. So it was it was no great surprise that uh, we would have some form of a hospitality suite when we were there, but it 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 was a great idea on Keith's part because it's it really um, helped a lot of our interview guests to just relax.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I also have to thank you because uh, all the all the things you're complaining about being busy and everything, I was like, you know what? I've been putting together a lot of on the road shows lately because I did the Mysterious Galaxy bookstore event and that right. took two episodes and, and a plenty of editing. And I do have the, the panel that I was on that I have to kind of sit down and edit through. And I was like, instead of being on this weekend and, and trying to get interviews and everything, I'm going to network a little bit, but... I'm getting Keith and Ben on next week to talk about Phoenix Comic-Con. That's my coverage. There you go. <laughs> so thank you for, for allowing me to kind of just enjoy yeah. this weekend.
1: Hey, our pleasure.
0: Well, anyway, thank you guys so much for coming on the show and uh, and kind of recapping Phoenix Comic-Con. It's been great having met you. Do uh, you have any shout-outs for people out there?
2: I, I just want to uh, shout-out to Chuck Tomasi for... Uh, Coming to Phoenix Comic-Con, he's with Technorama, and we participate with Technorama quite regularly. But he came down, he helped solve some of the technical issues, he sat in on some of our interviews, and had a great time. So thanks, Chuck, for being at Phoenix Comic-Con with us.
1: Yeah, and um, uh, we've already mentioned her name, but I really, really have to give a big shout-out to Jeannie Koch, because she was the one who got us together. Um. She, you know, Every once in a while, we will meet someone who expands our universe in ways that we never expected. Uh, there are a number of people who have done that, and Jeannie is definitely one of them. So, yep. special shout-out to her. Absolutely.
0: Yes, definitely. Shout-out to Jeannie. Also, I want to uh, shout-out to Mandy and Kevin from uh, The White Podcast and Kenny Rotter from Dumbbells and Dragons. We had a lot of fun last night. Uh, watching Warcraft and and grabbing some beers afterwards. It was a lot of fun. And I also wanted to send out a shout-out to uh, Katie and Kelly, who are the other half of uh, the WEC podcast, because they did um, one of their episodes of Growing Up 70s, where they uh, cover different 70s television shows. And they gave me a shout-out on their Scooby-Doo episode. Nice. Because they know I'm such a huge (laughs) Scooby-Doo fan. So uh, thank you for that ladies, I really appreciate it. It made me smile, and I was so excited to hear you guys talk about Scooby-Doo, so that was, that was a lot of fun. Do you guys have anything coming up next week? Who's your Who's your next episode going to be with? Oh, oh God.
2: Lord, who knows? Uh, I don't yeah, know what we're going to do. Well,
1: here's a funny thing. Uh, in most cases, whenever we conclude an episode, we always say, uh, up next week, we don't know, and it's because we <laughs> don't. Uh, nine times out of ten, we will be given an interview just days. Before we're to record our episode Yeah
2: Hopefully we can do Dave Beatty soon Yeah
1: And we uh, obviously
2: have the little chat that we had with you guys As well as uh, We've got stuff for uh, The world premiere tonight That we may We're going to have to put that together tomorrow afternoon So yeah. it's going to be kind of a crazy
1: Just depends afternoon. on how much we get tonight Yep
0: Definitely. we'll have fun tonight. It sounds like it's going to be a really fun event. Although I know you have, you're going to be getting on the road pretty soon after this yep, I, wraps up. Yeah, we're already packed
1: and ready yeah, to go. It's all
2: packed. All we got to do is walk out the door. Pretty much.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, next week for us, we're going to be talking to Row from Realm Maintenance, and we're going to be dissecting the Warcraft movie. Where did it succeed? Where did it fail? What's uh, what's on the horizon for the movie franchise if if it is going to go that direction? So that's what we're going to be talking about next week. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find me at deeptitude.com as well as iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out, pod out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at deeptitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at geek or me personally, at Epic Grays. Gentlemen, how can we find you?
2: TGGeeks.com, or the 2 com or 2 net and at the 2 gay geeks at TGGeeks, and oh, all on Twitter. at TG Squared Studios, that's TG2 Studios, all on Twitter. As well as Stitcher and...
1: I think iTunes and uh, Tumblr, Instagram, as TG Geeks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely try and put all those links into the show notes.
1: Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) A hard time with it ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, every time we want to share a story, it's like, okay, now did I? miss? Oh, that's right. Oh, shoot, I forgot. We got something on Google as well. Okay, so yeah, it could take us up to thirty minutes just to make sure that all of our stories and interviews they they go out in all the proper social networking areas.
0: Oh, I hear you. I, I hear you. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen, for, for giving up your morning for me. It was and uh, yeah, I really had fun talking to you guys, and I know we'll, we'll definitely be talking again uh, soon.
1: I certainly hope so.
0: All right. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, remember this week, keep it deep.